on Shales to do that all night. Look, I'm just happy I was able to spin him on the edge of the box for that one. The city ain't your playground anymore. Don't you know? Welcome to Test Knees Down, episode 119, and it's me, Gary P, and of course that prof, Carl Riley. Don't you know it? Pump it up. <laughs> you won, you fucked it up. <laughs> and we of course sponsored by the fantastic Ocean Electrical, Rovers Ran, Rovers Owned, Talent Based Electrical Company, and they are uh, giving away a goodie hamper this week, and we've decided to give away to the winner who picked the closest attendance. So what mm-hmm. Ocean Electric are going to do, they're going to give away a goodie bag to James Lowe. So James Lowe, uh, he predicted that he was 30 away from the actual attendance. Great guess. Great show. So uh, that is Ocean Electrical for all your electrical needs. And they are giving away a goodie bag every time Dylan Watts scores a goal. So that's for all you lucky guys out there. So we will come up with something whenever he scores a goal to give away a goodie bag. Well, what's scoring a goal sounded unlikely at the start of the season because we've had this embarrassment of riches in midfield. I remember when he uh, he he nicked the crossbar with a header in Waterford, and I probably had the biggest exasperation in the whole crowd. I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> I've been like, dying for him to do well, though. Like, oh, the sponsor! Yeah, yeah, you just want them to do well. So we have another announcement, and it is that the Abo are, are coming on board as the official pub of the podcast. Uh, Prof, this is a big one. It's been in the works for a long time. It's been in the works for a while. It's a match made in heaven, in my eyes. I think it's a fantastic deal for all involved. Uh, they'll be looking after us when we're leaving from a away trip. So this Saturday, 60 lads in there from half 12 onwards are going to be leaving at 3 o'clock. Loads of food, um, some music, few tunes. So we're going to be looked after big time. Mick and Big Gar are going to look after us. Uh, so we have to talk about what's on. So this Friday they have Jelly Bean. Did you ever hear Jelly Bean, Prof? I haven't. Uh, they're brilliant. They're so good. Saturday, CSI are on. And then they have 100 euro party packages. You get a reserved area, you get party poo- party food, party food for 40, and you get live music and a late DJ and bar. So that is 100 quid for the party deal. And of course, coming up, the Nags Prof, 10 to the tour day in Cheltenham, live music, naps competition. I don't know what that is, because I hate horses, but they're having one. Uh, first thought was it was a competition for people having the best naps yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock that one out of the park <laughs> uh, free food and bets so get down to the Abbo we'll see you all there Saturday anyway I'll be there at 12 o'clock filling me boots so uh, that is it we are really happy to announce that so Ocean Electrical and the Abbo right so Prof uh, on top of the Dundalk game look ahead to our trip to Sligo on it's Saturday right, which I think is it gonna go ahead I'm looking at the mass hysteria that's in the newspapers this morning. They're talking about schools closing. Mary Lou won't get over house. Um, all sorts of craziness. Google, uh, Google Ireland. Eight thousand people working from home today. Apparently, they're having a test day. So they said, uh, could the game be off? Weather-wise, it's supposed to be raining consistently throughout the week. Not yeah. heavily, but just like bad weather. Are they considering, like they did in, in France, is it a restriction of gatherings over 5,000 That's people? what they're talking, yeah. But um, And the that, only game in danger for us coming up soon would be Shells in uh, April because Finn Harps, that won't hit 5,000. How can they gauge that? What if there's 4,999 at the game? They'd be like, that's grand, one more and we're fucked. Is there someone working closely with the ticketing staff at Rovers and say, right, no more now? <laughs> hold on, hold on. We have 499. <laughs> we might be contagious if you walk through. Makes no sense whatsoever. No. At all, so um, 
Yeah, we're really looking forward to this. I am buzzing for this. This week is dragging in. Me and the Barry Bear are in work on the nights and we're just looking at each other and going, where is the fucking time machine? This is just dragging in. It always happens when you got an away day coming up, the bus is full. We're on the back of a couple of good wins. You're just buzzing for it. And it feels like the first away game of the season in some oh, ways. Because Waterford was a bleeding Monday. Planes, trains, automobiles. There's the Hoops SC. Uh, there's Larry Bus. There's... The WAC Express, you've got the GTSC, you've got uh, the Ultras. It's, it's going to be crazy. Big, big game. So we'll move on with our interviews as well. We've got something coming up. We've got the Junior Hoops launch interview. And we have Members Corner with Paul Dunster Donahue. So uh, all of that it will be on Patreon as well. So we've got Dunster who will be on Patreon. So check that out for all you patrons out there. I mean, um, it already was on Patreon, girl. That's it. There People you go. People have already watched this as we speak. You yeah. have been getting sneak previews if you are a loyal patron. So give us your money. <laughs> what was it? Was Scottish accent. <laughs> Put it in your pocket now. Get all your friends to do it as well. <laughs> so shout out to our new listener, Dan O'Brien. And he says he's hooked on the first episode and it was 117 was the first one he listened to. I couldn't believe this. That's crazy. I know. I mean, that was staunch. You know what I mean? That was proper rollers. <laughs> I feel like everyone at Rovers, like I don't think this is too big-headed to say, is is at least aware of the podcast. And They're aware that we talk shit for an hour yeah. once a week. I think, and some people either it's not it's not their cup of tea, or maybe they don't have the time to listen to it or whatever. But to actually play number one hundred seventeen, and that's your first episode, and you love it. That's mental. Yeah, he's going to have a lot of listening to go back through. Uh, now, Dan was a great lad. He also eats um, anything, literally. He he puts brown sauce on crisps and ham and puts them in wraps. So he can get out of the club for that one. <laughs> but that's Dano. So big shout out to Dano. And um, so after all the anticipation and all the rewards we had on offer, we had our 1,000 Instagram follower and prof. It was a dog. <laughs> I swear to God, someone who made a profile for a dog decided to follow us. Yeah. I can't remember the dog's name, Bowser or whatever. But either way, a That's dog is our 1,000 follower. That was a sorry a few bounds from 1,000 <laughs> Fucking dog. Have you noticed every time we try and do some sort of giveaway or prize, something it goes wrong? It goes unmercifully wrong. Remember, I remember the first one we did, it was like... We couldn't give that jersey away, wasn't it? It was a jersey, oh, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was, the first one was Predict the Scar and Bray. Oh, your man and wasn't even a Rovers fan. I think like 300 people entered or something. Oh, yeah. It was just three, some random three guy. 3-2 or something, wasn't it? And he, he didn't even... 4-2. I don't think he's ever been to a game. <laughs> he just threw it in there. Oh. So, um, yeah, so it's a dog. Uh, Fido wins, wins the hamper. <laughs> so the build-up to the game. Um, the build-up, I think it was very good marketing on our behalf to announce that it was a potential sellout because it created mass hysteria within the Tala ranks. The old balls strategy. The old ball. No, I wouldn't even get, I wouldn't even credit that to them. Except they've got half the size of their stadium. Yeah, the old four cans in the fridge. But the it started to create a popularity syndrome, as they say, like where people think, oh, this is popular now. I need a ticket. There's only 100 left. Mm. Well, I want one now because other people are gone. So that's... Great, great uh, idea. So it's we, sad, but the Irish football public are so fickle. We do need to psychologically trick them into going. Yeah, we have to tell them that yeah. it's actually being sold out and possibly not being sold out. But you have to kind of dupe them into it, and it worked. <laughs> it was fantastic stuff, and we had nearly eight thousand at it. 
in the hours leading up to the game was announced that like only a hundred or so tickets were left in sale. It's amazing to see that. It's amazing to see the ticket sold out sticker up on the ticket booth. It's just brilliant to see that. Deadly. Seven and, and a half, uh, nearly eight thousand. Even someone in our chat asked, does anyone have a spare South Stand ticket? I couldn't believe that. Just yeah. seeing that sentence alone was like, wow. Unbelievable. Do you have a spare South Stand ticket? And it wasn't even in that group alone, those other groups, other people were looking for South Stand tickets, so it's it's definitely yeah. Uh, fantastic to see you'd love to see it you do indeed but we uh, an old friend of ours uh, Mick Clark if anyone knows Mick who played for Glenmore Rovers he's the toughest man in the world possibly um, he'd only ever been to the first game at Tala I think we'll have to fact check that but it was uh, I think I'd love to like from go- only going to the game in 2009 and then going to this game it's some, some, it's some uh, contrast isn't it that's crazy to only be at the first ever game at Tala if that's true, what, and a, how much has he missed? He's missed. He's missed the rise and the fall and the rise again. Yeah, the Tala time, terrible time. Yeah, back to another Tala time. Um, Finner, back to Finner saying, texting Jack. Oh, this is a bit of inside info. Proper like this. Finner texted Jack before the game and said, "Friday nights under the lights. That is your time, baby." So, <laughs> uh, Jacko, time to shine. And not on his own either. We had a lot of players who stood up and got counted. So Dundalk had called Tala their playground in the lead up to it. Well, not anymore. Dundalk Democrat. Thank you very much for writing the team talk. All we had to do was look at that caption. (laughs) Fucking Egypt. They put their... They stuck the knife in and twisted it every way they could. They had the enough is enough banner. That one did your head in. Mm -hmm. We had everything bad about what had been Dundalk coming to Tala. They put it up on their front page of their paper. And boy, did it backfire. Oh, even at them on Instagram. And did they reply? <coughs> no, they didn't. So, um, yeah, fantastic stuff. Finnar, Finnar, once again, playing the mind games and creating a, a, a fantastic atmosphere within the dressing room. Just getting the lads up for it. <coughs> Big Al set to make his 150th competitive appearance for Rovers. So, uh, great, great, great mm. achievement for the big man. As in, he did make it in that game. Yep. Uh, I figured you might ask me how many clean sheets. So, I looked it up. 73. Over 150, so yep. nearly half. That's mm-hmm. amazing. That's Big Alda, man. Must say I was disappointed in him in the quiz, though. I thought he uh, didn't perform as well as I thought he should have. Yeah, I thought he was. I'm disappointed in the goal as well. I mean, it was right at him. Should be saving them, you know. <laughs> I, I said in the chat, I was like, do you think Big Al lies awake at night and thinks, why Why are three quarters of the goals I concede absolute crackers? Crackers. Be, like, unbelievable. Top corners. Top bins, like you can't get any better. I could just see them lying in bed, that stoic expression. Like, <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> but but uh, now I mentioned the quiz. Uh, do you remember that point where he was looking for a half point back because he had spelled receive correct? Yeah. And I, I, I misread it and he got it right. I was like, I was like, no, yeah, I don't care. Just, I just got it right. I was, I was like, I don't care, but I will break you in half <laughs> yeah. if you don't give this half point back. <laughs> I will snap your spine. But uh, just wanted to read something as well. In the, in the first question in that quiz, uh, it was about Robbie Horgan. And it was about who was <laughs> the we, last. Are we going to say what no, Tony no, said? No, I'm not going to repeat that, poor man. <laughs> but uh, the first question was about who was the last goalkeeper to uh, play as an outfield player. Great question. And the options were Robbie Horgan, Russell Payne, Barry Murphy. And uh I picked Russell Payne. 
Yeah? Yeah, definitely. I just thought, it's just, it's, I, I had no idea. I just thought, yeah, that's, that's such a prof thing to do. But I thought this was a nice touch, actually, because uh, Emma came up with that question. Ooh. And uh, she was texting, really? she was texting Robbie about it as well. She was saying, oh, I'm going to ask this question. And then he he sent back this lovely text, which I thought was deadly. So she, she suggested I, I read this on the show. Okay. And she said, uh, he said, a great question, Emma, and you probably won't believe me. I was only thinking back on that today. And he said, from my own recollection, it was the RDS against Drogheda United. I remember John Grace, the goalkeeper for Drogheda, and Martin Lawler. I think played for Drogheda at the time. Ray Tracy was manager. Back then, you were allowed three substitutes, but one had to be a goalkeeper. Okay. So those are the rules at the time. I think it was about 15 minutes to go in the game. And we had already used our two subs. And when right beside the dugout, Terry Everson got taken out. And after a bit of treatment, he couldn't go back on. Everyone was looking at each other, not knowing what to do. Before Ray sent the kit man in for an outfield jersey <laughs> and brought me on. Where did he play, actually? Where did he put him? I think it was kind of on the wing. Because I remember reading <laughs> the match report. And he actually... He nearly accidentally scored. He whipped in the cross, almost went in. And uh, so he says, the game finished nil-nil. And I'll always remember Ray Tracy saying in the dressing room afterwards, well done, Robbie. you done well. Uh, but when you came on, where exactly were you playing? <laughs> Just get in there. Just get stuck in. Uh, the Prof, your program article, the evolution of Prof, as I called it. It was, uh, mm-hmm. what did you think of that? Did you like that? like that snappy little name. That's Quite a good title. The evolution of yeah. Prof. It's great yeah, stuff. it's quite a personal... Uh, All about the rise of uh, the Prof, <coughs> you could say. Yeah, it was quite a personal piece, actually, about how I started doing the interviews for SRFC TV and kind of where I've made mistakes or where I've done well and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Check it out if you bought it. Of course you've bought it because of all you loyal readers out there. Um, James Lowe says he's he's starting to buy programs now for the first time in five years. Yeah, guilted him into. Yeah. He says I. What did I do? I kind of guilted him into. Pre- it was a guilt <laughs> trip. It was a guilt trip. Yeah. And uh, we also wanted to talk about uh, a new initiative the club are rolling out, and it's our new visually impaired commentary service too. So Vix V I C S visually impaired comment. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing? If you are interested, get in, get in touch with the club on shamrockrovers.ie or info. At uh, so you get again if you want to get involved and you want you the training will be provided so if you want to be trained to help these people who are visually impaired uh it's a, it's like a descriptive display so you will be speaking to them and describing that it's not necessarily as easy as you think whereas there's a lot more detail goes into it so you need to be a little bit more descriptive but you the training will be provided and if you are interested i think we've got a couple of headpieces and sets coming in so anyone who will be any anyone who's visually impaired will be able to enjoy the game now, as uh, we're going to be providing that service for them. So keep an eye out for that because that's coming soon. There was some um, film crew there at the Dundalk game, and nobody seemed to know who they were. That was uh, Karen Connolly's pals. Was it? They were. I did a quick interview with them about Rovers in the community. They were doing something for a college college report or something, something along the lines of that. But they were Karen's friends. Oh, okay. I grew up with the girl's brother, Eric. So we just did a quick piece on Rovers in the community. I spoke about the hike for Jay and stuff like that. But we all pulled together and that's what we do at Rovers and stuff like that. It was cool. I see, they I were think. in the creep. I walked in and I said, this is, the, this is the prof's creepy washroom here. What's going that's on? That's not as bad to say. I thought that was exclusive for the heiress. <laughs> in the washroom. 
I thought that was arrows, except aside from when Ray Whelan Sr. needs to borrow a vacuum mid-interview. Yeah. He can pop in there. Scra- nail scratches on the yeah. wall from my, from my victims. But uh, our overseas hoops always seem to have a tough time around this time of the year. It's because RD have these... The geo-blockers, then? International restrictions in. And then they just lift them randomly after a month or so. It's crazy. We had the likes of uh, Eamon in the States... He had to call his sister and she had to point the phone at the TV oh, so he could watch. It's a live stream Facebook feed. Like. <laughs> and there was a guy in Robert's chat who did the same uh, for the whole game. And as Kenny B knowed, fair play to that chap on the Robert's chat. All tuned into his teddy. He never even went for a piss or a can. <laughs> Sat still all game. I definitely perched it on something. That's, that's dedication. Yeah, so up next we have Dunster and uh, show regular at this stage. We're going to be doing the worst 11 of all time, which is something that we've been talking about for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm actually going to get a pick this time around, so we'll do that another week. That's going to, that could take a while because we need 11 interviews, so it's a work in progress. Definitely is, yeah, but I'm going to jump in on this one next time because I really want to put a certain individual in. I but, who that is. <laughs> he's captain as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, don't say he's gonna pick the way what's gonna work is we're gonna let a little bit different than the structure last time, we're gonna let the person they free reign with this. So for instance, Dunstar has his pick of cho- pick of position and player, so he mm. uh it's 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 really like uh creative. So you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, so keep an ear out for that and it's gonna be very interesting who your worst players are of all time. Now we're not gonna have it today, but we're gonna air it in a couple of weeks. But we do have Dunstar on the members corner. I'm a member! We're here for the members corner with Dunstar. So, what do you remember about your first game? My first Rovers game? My first Rovers game. We're going back. To be honest with you, I actually don't remember what my first game was. So well, what's your first memory? My first memory is probably the 84 Cup Final. It was a nil-all draw against UCD in, in Daily Mount. Right. The, the one game I really won. I'm pretty sure I was at something before that. So it would have been 8 or... No, I don't think it was 9 at that. So, uh, yeah, no, it was like a beautiful day, but the game was terrible. Daily yeah. Met was in bits, and uh, it was nil all draw. And uh, then obviously they beat us in the replay in Talca. I think it was on the Tuesday or the Wednesday following it. Like, so that was the first games I really, really remember what I was doing. It didn't deter you anyway. Uh, no, well, my, like I was kind of, my dad was, uh, my dad decided I was old enough to start bringing me the game, so I was going whether I liked it or not anyway. So, but it was a good enough time to start going the game, so. So pre and post Tala, give us your favourite player. So we'll go pre Tala, as in Milltown, and then you could say post uh, post Milltown, pre and post Milltown even. Uh, pre, I'm gonna say I gotta pick two strikers. Pre probably Mick Bourne. Uh, although I like I like Pat Bourne in midfield, and everyone else, I just uh, I really really like Pat Bourne as a striker. Like I kind of fancy myself as a striker myself these days. And yeah, <laughs> uh, those days anyway. He had his he had his like his really cool perm and his moustache and. He looked really cool and he scored. I'd have called it a mullet now, in fairness. It was more like a Jerry Curl. <laughs> the guy's cube <laughs> in Boys in the Hood. He should have gone with that wet look, it would have been that would have been like serious then, I would have lost it. But yeah, I was, I was definitely gonna say McBorn like uh pre- It was post Milltown as well and the Tala era, let's say the Tala era. Uh, it has to be Twiggy, like yeah. no one else comes near them like just like for the amount of goals he scored and the way he carried himself around the club and he loved a big smile on his face when he scored and scored so many important goals and we haven't like I don't know, we haven't really, really replaced them so but definitely, yeah, yeah, it has to be Gary Twig, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the special day in Aviva last year, what's your 
long and your lasting memories of the day itself? I was a little bit, uh, I was a little bit hungover, to be honest with you, because I'd gone out with the ultras the night before, and I always forget that they're so much younger than me, and I tried to keep pace with them. Well, I can't, I can't do that anymore. So I was a little bit delicate the day of the game. So I actually didn't really have that much to drink. So my memories of it are like quite, quite vivid. Then it was just obviously when the goal went in. Like it was just amazing, and it was so close to the end. You were just convinced that was it, but then it was just an absolute signal when the when, when the equaliser went in, and you kind of had to think that the momentum was with them. Uh, totally tired as well, and I didn't drink until I got to the elbow that night. I just couldn't. I was stone cold sober, and then the game itself it didn't even sink in until you got to the elbow. You had the point in your hand. You just thought we're after win the cup. Yeah, I know because I was. Uh, I was actually in work, I couldn't get the day off work, it was month end, so it was really, I just had to be in, they said I could come in a little bit late, <laughs> that was all they could give me, so like, my plan was to have as much as I could between, after the game, so I had a, like, a good few points out, but that's what I said, it only when really got back to the pub and you sat down, and yeah. that it all really, really sank in now, but, but still, I actually, when, when the, the winning penalty went down, I actually, I dropped down to my knees, like, I actually, it was, I went down on my knees, like, just couldn't believe it, like, that was amazing. Great day. So give us your favourite ever European trip. Now these these can be X-rated stories if you want. We know what happens in, in Europe. See, I've got I've got two. Like uh, I really like I, I thought Tel Aviv was an absolute brilliant trip. Like uh, it was the first time I'd the first time I'd gone away with Rovers. Like I hadn't I hadn't gone away previously. Like so uh, yeah, just great city. It was a bizarre place to go. Like do you know what I mean? I just like. The Wailing Wall. Yeah, yeah, we were like, and we did all that. We went to Jerusalem, went to Bethlehem. We did a bit of touristy stuff. You'd never associate that with a football trip, would yeah, you? No, but that, and then you could go and like go and lie on the beach for a couple of hours. Like it had everything, like, and then go drink. And people were sound, were really sound. And obviously, you go and win the game, and you set up a tie against the Juventus. Like those guys, really it all just fell into place, didn't it? Yeah, and I was kind of lucky enough then that I went to Bel I was in Belgrade as well, so one of the, what, 48 or 40, whatever it was, people that were there. The famous 43, I think, as they say. Yeah, it was great. Like, that, that was just like, that was just amazing, like, just unbelievable. Just couldn't, uh, still couldn't put into words how I felt that night. It's kind of undescribable, like, it was just amazing. So, they were two big ones, that definitely, yeah. So, we'll move on to this season. So, uh, how do you think we've started so far and how we're playing? Yeah, it's been really good. Now, obviously, the last couple of weeks now, the conditions have been absolutely horrendous. Like, the Bowes game was played in a storm. The weather here was awful. Like, I wasn't in Waterford, but it didn't look great. But, but I think we've, despite those conditions, we've tried to get the ball down. We've tried to play football. Uh, and I, I think we've been, we've looked really, really, really good. I think we look really solid at the back. Uh, obviously, Borky scores five goals. and Because I think people forget, like, that when he left to go to Preston that time, he was the top scorer yeah. in the league when he left. And uh, so I think people forget that he is capable of getting into double figures and scoring goals. So I think that was a huge positive. And uh, but I just think in general now I think uh, he's got to be missed tonight. Obviously with, with Gary O'Neill like having lost his mother during the week, it's, uh, it's really sad. But he's been absolutely brilliant. He's been a revelation. I think when we signed him in Ferrugia, I think a lot of people thought uh, Ferrugia amazing. What's with Gary O'Neill? I, honestly, I had I had never seen Gary play before. He never stuck out. When we played UCD, and I just thought to myself, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a, we're taking a bit of a chance here, but he's been phenomenal. Yeah, I know, and I said like he's just like uh, from the moment he came into the team, he looked so self-assured, uh, like scoring a goal in Europe, got the goal here against Strada, the opening goal, got that right in the table quiz. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the then, only ones. And then obviously, then he tops it off, scoring a, a cup final. 
uh, the, depending on the cup final to win the cup. And I think he's just carried that in again to this season. And he's just been, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. So we're going on to the the boring question: Is we're only three games in, but do you think we'll win the league? Considering our squad depth, and I think every single player in this team has been procured by Stephen Bradley. Do you think we'll do it? I think it's our best chance in the last. Like I, I think we had a really good chance last year, but I don't. I think it was that depth of the squad that kind of uh, caught up on us in the end. Like that week where we had the two players sent off against balls. I think with an injury or two, and then you have to go. You have to go to draw. You have to go to Dundalk, and you lose. And that really swung the momentum of the season. But even this season, now you can see last week we can make six changes. I mean, go down and win two 0 in, in in which would normally be a tough enough fixture away. Yeah, because yeah, it was. It kind of it turned our season really badly the year before as well. I remember the who was it? Um, Gilchrist was sent off. Yeah. Trevor got injured. Yeah. Like that was a bit. That was a bit of her, it, a, a season torn and night again. Like so, it can be a tough place to go. So yeah, like I, I, I don't want to be a hostage to the fortune and say we're yeah. gonna win the league, but I really do think it's the best squad we've had since Michael O'Neill, and uh, it's definitely our best chance. You of do. Winning you have to be confident, don't you? So uh, we're gonna talk about the reason why we're here, and it's the members' corner. So tell us how long you were a member and why you became one. Uh, so, funny enough, now I only collected my new members card there last week uh, the, at the Cork game and uh, I looked at it and I've, I've been a member since the 1st of March 2005. Wow. So, like, bang on 15 years a member now. Bang on. Yeah. So, I basically, I wasn't a member from the very start. I think in 2002 I did that year in Australia. And when I came home, it took me a couple of years to get back into settling down and getting yeah. a, getting a steady job and all that kind of stuff. So like I wasn't really in the position to join straight off. But 2005, I got myself a job and things really started to look bad for the club at that point. And the talk of examinership and all that was coming in. So that that was, that was the point that I decided that like uh, yeah, really, I'd really take need to get take the, the leap. Yeah. 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 So uh, what do you think that? The fans owning the club is the way to go as regards to structures and procedures and everything like that. Yeah, I think uh, I think it is. I think it served us really, really well from 2005 up to 2012, and then I, I think maybe it kind of the club outgrew the ownership structure. I think at that point, and it took us a little bit of a while to steady the ship. And but I think I think the hybrid thing, the way it's gone now. I think it's the only way we can actually push the club on. I don't think we could ever really push the club on as just as a holy member's own club. Yeah. I think, but I think it's brilliant that we still own 50%. We still have to decide and vote. Like nothing happens without us, without without the the members. Yeah, it's littered with vetoes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we pretty much have the say and the run of things. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I think I think for most clubs, like, I think it is the way forward. I think. Like the Irish sugar daddy thing, I think is it's dead. I know, like pe people are talking about Dermot Desmond coming in now, but Dermot Desmond isn't putting in two million for nothing. Dermot Desmond's got something for his two million, like exactly. So, like we have to perform. Our, Der our Dermot Desmond looks for his two million back. Do you know what I mean? So that's it. So, but I, th I think for the club, I don't want to say for the clubs, like, but if they do, if they want to catch up with us, I think membership, like it, it is, and trying to get people on board and trying to get. Like really, because when you're a member, you really feel tied in, like, and you feel like 
you want to volunteer yeah. it's something like it, it we've had a significant increase as well since Christmas I think another 25 new members coming in and it's just that feeling like even collecting your bowls tickets all the members are together you're all chatting it's like you just feel that sense of pride isn't it yeah yeah it's more than just the money yeah that's what that's for me that's what it's always been for me I'm probably lucky that as I said like since I joined the 50 quid a month is not something I would miss I'm, I'm very very lucky in that way yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people that 50 quid a month is, is, yeah. is, is the difference between like it, it, bills being paid and something not being paid. So I'm very lucky that I, I have the luxury of being able to say it's not about the money for me. It is about, and it's not like obviously the little perks of getting tickets for like a game like the Bows game or whatever are brilliant. But for me, it really is uh, the love of the club. The same, I'm a part owner of Shamrock Rovers, and that I have a say in, in what happens and in the direction of the football club, and that really that's what it's about yeah. for me. Yeah. So, if you think there's anything we can improve upon, I was looking at some Sydney FC tiered structures last night, and they would have, let's say, they have a Platinum Plus package, they have a Platinum package, they have a Silver package, they have a Cove package, I think they have a Cardboard package, like, it goes all the way up and all the way down, and it includes so many benefits, like 10% uh, off in the club shop, stuff like that, voting rights. Do you think there's anything we can do to improve the current membership yeah. structure Co considering that we do there is a lot you've got your car park pass you've got your season ticket optional there's a lot but what do you think we could do yeah no as I was saying like I do think there is a little bit of a ceiling on the membership like there's only so many people that you're gonna get to really buy into like paying 50 quid a month and getting let's face it we get very little yeah. <laughs> return I, I don't mind that I don't mind that at all like it's, it's not why I do it but I think it, it, and I think what we've been very good at is probably like moving people up from a season ticket to a membership yeah like it's going to be very hard to get something to jump straight into membership but if you can get someone as you said maybe a tier between a season ticket holder and a member and then the next step is a member step is a yeah. member like is is like so it's you're not asking someone to make the big leap straight away there as you said there's little tiered steps that people can make and i, I think as you say, there's probably going to be eight thousand people here tonight at this game and uh so like i'll say there is a ceiling on what you can get but i, I think there is capacity to uh, to get more people in yeah. as members yeah, yeah so let's say you have your regular fan and he's just a, he's a season ticker and he's just about to make that step to a membership what would you say to him to convince them, listen, this is the way forward. You can basically show what we like, show them what we were in 2005, and show them what we are now, and show them what we can do with more people on board. Like, yeah. like, and that's that's what the membership is. The membership is about growing the football club. It's about allowing the club to to move into like things like the academy to move into like work in the community all that kind of stuff like now obviously as i said there are the financial perks of like you get your your car park pass and your glenmalore suite and all that and but i said like it, it really is it, it's you're kind of hoping that if someone's bought a season ticket they've bought into it yeah. a certain percent and that if they're coming every week and they're seeing what's happening in and around the club that they will make that step up so that's it so that's it for members corner this week and uh, for all of you who don't know this is also on video now for our patrons so this is a uh, one for the patrons so uh, members corner with Paul Donahue and thanks guys yeah so the Dunst his first trip was Tel Aviv it's pretty cool isn't it some baptism before you there yeah he often brings up that one as being one of his favourite trips something I regret big time yeah. is not going to Tel Aviv I mean going to watch a football match and the Wayland Wall is there and you're in Jerusalem and Bethlehem like it's it's surreal stuff I'd say it was amazing I remember watching the stream uh, online that night I was still relatively 
New Rowers fan at the time. Remember Tommy Stewart getting the, the getting the header. Iconic goal, the ball boy yeah. playing his part as well. And of course Belgrade. Him and McDera never never need a second opportunity to bring that one up. No. And why not? Not a chance. The Belgrade forty three. Unbelievable stuff. Yeah, so we'll move on now. And the team is pretty much what we expected. Farouge at start instead of Lafferty. You picked Farouge, didn't you? I picked Laff. Um, I think you went with Farouge. That was the big talking point. I can't anyway. remember now. I think I wanted Lafferty. The big talking point was the left side for me. We weren't sure how they were going to attack it as regards to being a little bit safe with Lafferty or going for for, for the attacking option with Farouge. And he went with Farouge. It was a bold move. Uh, Gannon didn't get too much joy down the right-hand side. But uh, Gaffney was handed number 20 short and a place on the bench as well. How so, do we feel about two gingers being in the team? <laughs> I think it's a bit controversial. How <laughs> random was that? <laughs> you know in 10 years it's going to be racist to say ginger. Yeah, that's what we need to say it now. It is, isn't it? We can get, away with get it. it out, yeah, yeah. It is. It's going to be like, you can't call them ginger anymore. They're, uh, I don't know, follically challenged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Rory Gaffney on the bench, number 20. And let's move on to the big talking point of the weekend, Prof. Beat Dundalk 3-2. Say it again. We beat Dundalk 3-2. Getting yeah. into it. Getting into it here. I'm using the, the chair like a, like I'm on a on a horse, like whipping. I go, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, super win. Super win. 3-2. Probably the best game of life football I've ever been at. I can't think of a better one. <laughs> Name a better one. Cannot think of a Both better game. Both teams going for it. It was like a heavyweight boxing championship slobber knocker JR. It was unbelievable. What a game of football. I, the words just, they're gone. I, I can't even think of any more words or superlatives. So, um, yeah, it was it was just unbelievable stuff. Like pre-game, I was there, I was there early enough and... I'll be there early enough because it's just the way things work out. But I don't mind. Like I was there for about five onwards, half hour. Got a bit of grub and the maldrum went in. Oh yeah, rub it in. Five, five o'clock. Actually, I'll talk about the whole thing. Gonna go into detail. <laughs> so you go in and you're chatting to Ray, doing the food. They're setting up. Go out and I just walked out and Gary O'Neill was out on the pitch on his own, just kind of looking up. I saw him in the clip afterwards. He had the hoodie up, shaking yeah, players' just hands after. Pre-game though, yeah. he was just out, kind of walking around the pitch. It's just ah, oh, a poor guy. So yeah. once again, we do send our condolences out to the O'Neill family and fair play to Gar for even showing up. I mean, he was there on Thursday and Friday. He was doing a fitness test out on the pitch, getting put through yeah. his paces, wanting to play. Like it's unbelievable. Uh, I think I heard someone say that Enda Stevens was the exact same way. He remember his yeah. sister passed away. Yeah, and he said to Mick O'Neill, he says, I "Actually, need to play." Tony O'Donoghue was. But well, everyone's different, obviously. Tony O'Donoghue was asking me when that was, and I couldn't tell him. I said, "You have to ask the prof." And I think it was near enough after Belgrade against UCD. Possibly. I can't remember who told me yeah, that. Yeah, it was very close at that time. I can't yeah. remember who told me that, but that's it was in the round then, so there you go, Tony, if you're listening. Um, nice touch by the Dundalk players, in fairness. They all signed the card for Gary. Very nice touch, yeah. yeah. Lovely, lovely, lovely gesture. And we had a minute's applause for Gary O'Neill's mother, Nori, in beforehand, which I think is ten times better than a minute's silence. A minute's silence is horrible, I think. It's just not the way I'd like... Like any of my family members aren't like there or anyone to be remembered I think a minute's applause is much better it's much nicer my problem with it is the minute silence it's like you get the inevitable person making noise or a phone ringing and then some elf will shout at him for making Shut noise up. 
And then your attention is drawn to the old fella for shouting at the young fella for making yeah. noise. And then a minute passes and you're like, oh, yeah, well. It's died a death big time, hasn't yeah. it? Died a death. Gladly as well, because the applause is much better. But the first 15 minutes, it was a bit uh, scrappy, wasn't it? Not a whole lot happened. Yeah, Joey O'Brien coming off and coming on with scales. Now, let's talk about the initiation of scales. Uh, as Or Wayne, as Karen Connolly calls him. <laughs> and every time she says this, she just breaks into hysterical laughter. It's like dangerous. On her own. It's like dangerous, Dave. Pound for a pound, the best player on the pitch. <laughs> just laughing to himself. <laughs> so she's like, come on, Wayne. And then just laughing her fucking head off. On her own. In the south stand. <laughs> Um, yeah let's talk about his uh, his start to life at Rovers so he's thrown in in a wind swept rain drenched daily mount and he goes in and he does the job has a great game against Warford starts there came on against Cork too came on against Cork and then thrown in massively at the deep end against Dundalk Joey comes off injured Joey knew straight away didn't he you could tell yeah, the second he went, he went down, down he knew yeah. So he'll, that was that. He'll be out for at least a month with a hamstring injury. Oh, so that's what you're looking at now. But Scales comes in and just phenomenal stuff. Like think about how that's thrown in at the deep end. Like he's just killing us personified. Ah oh, man, it's actually outrageous. I did know one thing. I will notice is that he's he's quick to pull the trigger. If somebody gets by him, at times he's you're thinking he's gonna he's gonna fucking hockey him. Like he's gonna just boot him. Sometimes it's like he's about to pull the trigger and then he just kind of stays up the way kind of scales does and jockeys him. Whereas with with or way Grace does and the way with scales, scales just looks like he's gonna go for the tackle straight away. But I think obviously he's being coached and and somebody's in his ear saying, "Listen, don't jump in." But we had a great chance on how many minutes? I'm not sure how many minutes it was in, but it was greener. He was one on one, and I think what happened was he kind of hit the ball slightly to the right. And then it ended up nearly underneath him. And he had to adjust his body. And it was a great strike. He caught it cleanly in the end. It was a good strike. But it just, the way he kind of knocked it to his own right hand side, Did it put him off balance. And then it just kind of sailed away. Did it seem like to you though he changed his mind halfway through what he was going to do? No, I, I always thought he was going to go for the side footer in the top left. I always thought he was going to do that. I didn't think he was going to go laces. But the touch that took him to the right killed the momentum and put him off. That's all it was. Mm. I was just waiting for it to, to budge the net. Yeah. Because so it was good. just, it was a whisker by the post. It was actually a great true ball by Watts. He was just on the touch line and he played him in. Watts was on it and I'd been championing yeah. him the whole, the whole of last week, hoping that like he'd, he'd finally get the the, mm. the ball by the horns, you know, and, and, and have it a was, good game. It was one of those guild edged opportunities, isn't it? Like Rogers' positioning was actually a bit suspect, I would say. He gave him the whole gold aim at. Remember, uh, oh, I know you're gonna say Doherty. The Doherty one. <laughs> Remember, I made screenshots. Yeah, of can them. we use that as just our profile picture in general? Um, yeah. So what's he? What's he was up for it? So uh, come twenty minutes, the breakthrough comes, and Finner little, little squared ball from Finner on the right hand side, and Watts tries to sweep it home, gets blocked by mm-hmm. a defender, I think. And uh, Rogers had committed himself to the dive, and then he mm-hmm. just. Still a hard, uh, hard, hard strike. I mean, he put it into the ground and he got a second finish. boy at the cherry, and uh, no, he was composed, made no mistake. Yeah, as you say, it was pretty much an empty net because Rogers had committed. So excellent stuff, yeah. So um, <laughs> this goal now, Jesus Christ, the most talked about goal possibly in league world history. I can't believe it was only two minutes after. It was so reminiscent of the cup final, wasn't it? 
they hit back immediately yeah. with a cracker. It was like the cup all over again. It was only two minutes. I thought it was. I thought yeah. it was longer. Oh, but, it felt like two minutes. Um, so we the corner, and in fairness, they worked this to a T. It was a really good set piece. We got caught. Everybody rushed to the front post, and Flores was just waiting there. Excellent mm. pass from Duffy. Apparently, Brazier was shouting, "Dylan, Dylan, Dylan!" <laughs> to Mark Flores, <laughs> and it didn't happen. <laughs> Calling me Gaffer. Um, <laughs> I hope he listens. <laughs> so, Flores had the, the freedom of talent and he buried it. From where we were, it looked like a stunning strike. I knew Man has got a touch in it. I, I had no idea until I saw Dean Granger. I knew he got a touch in it. But then Dean Granger, uh, young Dean, check out his videos on YouTube, just type in Dean Granger. He was our guest last week. And uh, his, it's pretty much to the right. Like the, I'm not taking anything away from the goal the athleticism was fantastic finish was slightly to the right of Manus and it does take like it's not a Puskas nomination now because Puskas nominations have no. to be home and away like the one of the best goals and it's it's I a think, great strike I think talk of the Puskas award is ridiculous yeah but no it's not like, going down Manus there actually, it's a great strike it's a, it's a superb strike I, lo- I love Tohi's description a Muay Thai roundhouse kick yeah pretty much and uh, but Manus punches in the corner when you see Dean Granger's angle, it's still a very, very impressive goal. Yeah. But it's and it's got a million views on Twitter and everyone's talking about it. I was too. I was talking about it to everyone. I was saying, Wow. Yeah. That's an amazing Because the angle that the T V yeah. camera showed it from was makes it look stunning, like yeah. it makes it look like it sailed into the top corner, but mm. Alaman has beat it into the top corner. Pretty much. That's it. Well, thankfully it uh, counted for nothing in the end. And uh, as Mick McCarthy has been telling Dundalk fans all week, but you lost three two. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love it. We we did struggle a bit after this equaliser, didn't we? Big time. It feels like we were kind of losing the midfield battle at times. But is that inevitable? Because Dundalk are such a good team. Even when we do best them, which isn't that often, mm. they're going to have spells where they outplay us. It's going to happen. That's the thing. Like, they, I, I, like since when Joey went off and when we scored, they started to to take over and mm. that that first half could not end quick enough yeah it really really put us under the pre- under pressure and um, I was just happy to get it over at half time and start start fresh just get them in get mm. their heads right have a little team talk and just get them get them nice and fresh just a note on the atmosphere we'll, we'll I don't like to have too many negatives but cause we're, we're going we're gonna to talk how, about how great it was later but just when they equalised from then on to the rest of the first half it was surprisingly flat because I remember when uh, Bran and Apollon scored against us in Europe the ball had barely even hit the back of the net and the south stand was still rocking and singing and I think the players really responded to that I think but this time I think flat we, might we be a little didn't bit harsh. actually come back and support yeah, and I think yeah. they did to a certain extent mm. but not as much as the Euro game mm. obviously that's um, my only criticism. Other than that, the atmosphere was unbelievable, as we'll discuss later. But so, um, yeah. So then we'd Grace clear one off the line. We'd Manus saving a free kick from Duffy. We'd Green taking a free kick just after half time as well. Just tipped over the bar, I think it was, or just sailed over the bar. So those chances left, right, and centre. Yeah, I was watching back the Grace one earlier. That was a that was a vital clearance. Unbelievable. Yeah, we thought yeah. it was a save. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a save. But it, was hard, it? it was hard to tell from the sales stands at the time, but and then 
I think the rain started bucketing down from maybe second half onwards. Bucketing down. Um, but we started the second half well, didn't we? Yeah, I thought we did. I mean, we like I said, we needed the break. We needed the rest. Just take the pressure away. And then, uh, unfortunately, 63 minutes came along. But well, before their goal, Byrne had a free kick. Yeah. Went just over. McIniff had a free kick as well. It wasn't too far. How many free post. kicks did we have? We How many yeah. free kicks did we have over the course of the season in that area? And we had about, I think we had four. We McIniff had one. We Greener had a shot. Jack Bourne just before half time. Um, they, they, there was a lot of a lot of free mm. kicks on the edge of the box, which we normally never get throughout the season. But we got like three or four in one game, yeah. and I don't think we hit the target once. I don't think we hit the target with any of them. So that's something that we could talk about. Um, that's true. A lot of them have gone over and yeah. wide. Just, uh, just make the keeper work. Greener nearly got an in goal again, shortly before this Hoban goal we're about to discuss. Yeah, so the Hoban goal. Um, uh, who who had the true ball? Was it was it Gannon? Oh no, it was Flores possibly. But either way, we were caught out ill position. Jack was sloppy. I can't. Yeah, Jack gave the ball away in midfield. I can't remember the last time we were kind of cut open like that. It was very quick, and they were one on one with the keeper, like totally one on one. And the second he was one on one, I just thought he was going to score because he was lethal from that position. I knew there was no yeah. coming back from it. Um, yeah, it was Jack's attempt to cross field ball. And obviously they hit us in the counter. That when I interviewed the two lads, Jack and Pico afterwards, it was Pico who was holding his hand up, saying that he lost his man. Oh, well, he was uh, yeah. a slightly old position, but it's a bit harsh mm. to say that. He I lost thought it was his harsh man. to blame himself. Yeah, yeah. when watching him back, you can't anticipate yeah. uh, losing the ball in the middle of the park mm. like that, which we did a lot, a lot. We mm. lost the ball in the middle of the park. I think at least five times in the space of ten minutes at one stage in the first half, and I was cracking up. I think Watts mm. did it three times in a row. But from the from the second half up to this goal, this was very much against the run of play. Yeah, which they did to us in Tallaght before. I remember last season, Gannon's, we were well in it. Gannon's yeah. goal was against the run of play. But Super uh, finish though. So you liked a little dink. Yeah, it was it was it was clinical. A little chip. I must say, I'm delighted for Hobbinger. Absolutely oh, delighted. Man. Thinking he'd scored the winner. Doing the fat thing, coming over, oh. giving it the large one to the south stand. Oh man, it was so. Enjoyable watching him walk off the pitch, <laughs> dejected. I think he might be the first opposition player in history, in Tala, to celebrate in front of two different Rover stands and not his own set of fans. Unbelievable. Uh, Gaffney came up for his debut, and what a debut it was! This fella came on and changed the game. He was bounding around this like was, a lunatic. They this could not deal with him. They couldn't deal with him. This guy looked like he'd had a full pre-season and he's been with us for years. He was bounding around the pitch. He was switching balls. He was coming deep. He was running at players. I was looking at him going, who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck is that guy? As, I couldn't believe it. As he said, like he just kept running the channels and literally his first touches of the ball when he came on, he ran circles around them. They literally couldn't touch him. It was brilliant. And he squared yeah. and he just... Fired a ball across field to Finner as well. He nearly Brilliant. set up a tap in for Greener. Yeah. If not for last. On his left foot as well. Is he yeah. lefty? I actually he's asked the, the gang behind me. I was like, what foot is he? Because he's, he's very good on his left. Yeah. He's very good on his left. He put a couple of balls, I think two or three balls in from the left corner square in them. And it's he's well able to use it. So there was that chance for Greener that he set up. He chipped in the ball for Greener's header as well. That was cleared off the line. For Jack's goal, it was actually Lee Grace who teed him up. But Gaffney did initiate that move. Mm-hmm. So, he actually swung this game back in our yeah. favour. This was this was a hell of an impact from a debutant. Big time. Big time, man. It was, it was unbelievable. 
the where did the corner come from for the next one now we're going to talk about Lopez's goal in 71 minutes I can't remember how we got the corner but Pico Lopez is just a fucking rhinoceros of a man like seriously the guy is just outrageous he, he'd run through brick walls he actually had no business winning this he had no business winning I think he jumped on the penalty spot and ended up near the six yard box because he just f- flew Soaring like an eagle and buried the header, and I couldn't believe it. Most players be lucky to get a foot on that ball. Do you know what the, the thing is header. as well with these goals? For some reason, I don't know why I do it. Every time we score, I'm 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 waiting for something, waiting for the flag, waiting for the ref. Oh, is that bar getting I don't no, I don't. Maybe it's a subconscious thing, but it's a, like delayed by a second, split second. Do you know, it's more away from home. I get those feelings. Yeah, because we're being screwed. Like, let's be honest, we'll talk with the ref in a while. Like, I don't. I'd say like in Derry if we score I will wait for about 5 seconds Yeah, you have to considering yeah. past uh, experiences remember Bunkrana oh my yeah. god man we had about mm. those like 30 seconds in like about 30 seconds in we finished celebrating and all <laughs> and then they were like yeah it's not a goal oh man uh, but yeah superb mention, header absolutely amazing header Jack's delivery I mean I don't know what else to say about this at this point but it's not a play there you go eat your it's dinner it's just precision unbelievable and uh you know it as well. Greener grabbing the ball out of the net. Best, probably the best moment of the match is us scoring a header at two all. Wind soaked. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne swept. Rain swept. Tala is just rocking. And then he grabs the ball at two all after scoring on the 70th minute and then puts it on the spot. The whole team sprint back. We want to win this. What a fucking mentality. You know, Bradzer has instilled these boys and Greener to just grab that ball. It just led by example. Is right, we want to win this. That rattled Dundalk, I'm telling you. That is the sign of winners, right there. That rattled them big time because they looked at that and go, Boys, oh, 70 minutes gone. Looking at the scoreboard, two all these want to win. We're in their home guard, we're in their, we're in their patch. Total, total mindfuck, man. I'm telling you, we got to them. And then here comes Mr. Bourne 3 2. The things that you love to see. Add this to the list of hold on, just writing on the board there. Things <laughs> you love to see. Jack Bourne, winner. Uh, Outrageous. Um, Lee Grace started to move off. Gaffney ended up with the ball out left or right, I think it was, and then Grace ended up just putting it in to Jack. And Jack had been looking for this for a while. He'd been looking, he'd been trying to skin Shields for a while. Shields <laughs> thought about having him in his pocket, blah, blah, blah. I, like, he, he left him for dead. He sent him to the shops. You left him skidding. Skidding and chasing. Couldn't get near him. It was like a cartoon almost. Mikey Kinsley won the Rovers lads. I think he's the director of football at Talatown. He put up a, vi- a picture. A brilliant picture. I sent the one when I sent you. Yeah. Of yeah. Jack just skinning him. And then he put up a screen. A closer picture of Shields. And a closer one. And a closer one. And a closer <laughs> one. And his face is just misery. And it's beautiful. It's uh, beautiful. He skinned him. And the left footed drive... Swing, swung his left boot at it and torn straight away. He knew that was going in. I'm actually enjoying this goal more and more each time I watch it. It's actually getting better as I watch it. Just the way he <sighs> swings it low around Rogers. Unbelievable. I love this goal so much. Yeah, Dan McDonald had written a piece in the Indo about how their battle. I like Dan. Dan's pretty good. Yeah, about how Jack Byrne and Chris Shields' battle will be the key to the outcome of this game. Well. We had our winner and it came in gift form, Gare. Nail on the head, Dan. <laughs> the, gif, the gif of Shields chasing Jack Byrne. Oh, man. There is your answer to the question. 3-2. Get the cornflakes out. Get the crying into your cornflakes. 
I couldn't believe him, man. And honestly, I could not believe it. Honestly, I just looked at him pinging him. It was a ping. It wasn't even a. It was a ping into the bottom corner. I looked at him going, "Is this happening?" <laughs> for the second goal, for Pico goal, I tell you about the celebration I had. You run around hugging random people. So, Polly, Polly O'Brien from Crumlin, jockey back. Yeah, yeah, giving loads. Ricky Keegan runs. Oh, I think I ran at him. I tried to embrace him as lovers do and jump around and put my legs around them. The two of us mm. nearly fell down a flight of stairs. I'm talking no control whatsoever over this landing. <laughs> the two of us, arms in the air. I'm talking the smack was unmerciful. Someone in the chat Ended up in the missionary position. <laughs> Ricky on top, me at the bottom. Unbelievable. Someone and said they thought you were having a scrap. Yeah, Pat Cameron thought lads were jumping on me, he's running over going, oh, oi, 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 oi. Unbelievable <laughs> scenes, man. You just, you have yeah. to love football, don't you? Ozzy Nay squeezed me so hard. I could not breathe. His like, missus could hear the roars from the, from, yeah. the, from the sitting room. You'd love to hear that. Congrats to Ozzy Nay as well, bought his house. Um, and congrats to Gary Brennan as well, our new baby, didn't uh, wish him that. But uh, yeah, Ozzy Nate, 600 yards from Tallah Stadium. He, he, he's he's tr- well and truly yeah. a hoop now. And you know what? Nice little callback to when he became a Rowers fan. Because you remember how it happened? Yeah, he saw Dundalk and the he shining heard lights. Dun- he heard Dundalk fans yeah. from the stadium. Now his wife is hearing Era fans oh, yes. as we beat Dundalk. Full circle, baby. Yeah. But it was an absolute mayhem when we scored. But people were flying, seats were breaking. <laughs> Just looked up. I looked up to the right to the south stand, and all I can see is bodies, limbs, <laughs> Mitzi tumbling around somehow. Can there's a can? He just happens to have the can. The can is the most important thing in celebration. <laughs> Doesn't spill a drop. Yeah. Ah, what unbelievable! What? If you're watching on TV, though, a bit of a shame. RTE kept showing these tame celebrations in the west end. Not the bedlam in the south. I think it was Maloney's section. Everybody just clapping. Gr- <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> well done, sir. And Mick McCarthy, the fake Mick McCarthy, he left just before... Fake Mick McCarthy. He left just before Jack's goal, so I never saw it. Unbelievable. What a way to win the game. Um, can, can we just... Before we talk about the Pico clearance, this, this is just as good as a goal in my books, but let's talk about the deterioration of the refereeing standards in this game. Like It was unbelievable. There was at least two calls when we were in the... I'm not sure it was the first half or the second half. It would have been, would have been the first half because we were shooting into the south stand. So there was two blatant corners. I'm talking blatant corners. And he gave them for free kicks. I gave them for goal kicks. There was the, peak, the elbow, whore on, on Pico... I've never seen someone with so much venom in their face. That should have been and, a red card, yeah. And intent. He bit his lip, he swung, and he swung the elbow backwards. It was a back-spinning elbow, and he cracked Pico. Pico got back up. The Dark Arts weren't practiced that day. He should have stayed down. But the fact that he booked him means that he saw something. And he consulted with his lino, and they spoke about it, and he said, yeah, there was an, there was an infraction there, there was a foul there. That makes it, gives it, even, him, it makes him worse that he acknowledge the yeah, foul. it makes it worse. He acknowledged the foul existed and it happened. Straight red all day. He could have, could have, could have broke his jaw. Unbelievable. I really couldn't believe it. And then he did everything in his power to get them a goal. That free kick against Jack in the corner where he was tussling. Oh, that was a ridiculous What thing. the fuck was he thinking? I think oh, every free kick possible corner, everything he could do. And then the then Pico, I can't remember who squared it, but Pico, the salmon, half man, half salmon, 
Ball is going right to a Dundalk player. It's beating Manus. It's an open goal. Yeah, and going he in. somehow leaps in the way. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> and he backheads it out of the way. And it is one of the best goal line clearances I've ever seen in my life. It's just as good as a goal. As you say, it's as good as a goal. This is equally as important as Jack skinning Chris Shields and bending it in the corner. If Pico doesn't do this, that's all for nothing. Yep, all for nothing. It was unbelievable. I actually love this man. What a game. Pico. The evolution of Pigo Lopez. Two diving it should be a headers. documentary. Two diving headers at each end. Yeah, Kieran Stafford will think I've stolen this line from him. But honestly, Stafford, you're listening. I was saying the exact same thing, <laughs> word for word, in the points. I was Get saying, I was saying Pigo is the biggest improvement of a Rowers player I've ever seen. Justice for Staff. Considering it's happened in like one and a half seasons. It's such that is a progress, short The progression time. is outrageous, isn't it? From this kind of rabbit in the headlights defender who was a good tackler and got stuck into an accomplished defender who can do it all and comes up with big goals and big clearances in the big games. Pico is the man. And of course, Prof, where is he from? The hotbed of talent. The hotbed of talent. That is Crumlin. Yeah. (laughs) The two finalists in the quiz. Crumlin natives. Crumlin natives. Yeah. We can go on. uh, Go back one, one year ago today, let's say. And ask Rover fans to pick their starting eleven for the next game. Do any of them put Pico in? I don't think so. No, not because so. they were pulling their hair out with him at times. Just a kind of individual mistakes, wasn't it? Yeah. Now ask them. I'd say him and Gary O'Neill are among the first names on the team sheet. I'd love to ask Pico as regards to his concentration levels. Has he done anything to improve them? And I, don't, I hope he doesn't get offended by that, but his concentration levels were a little bit poor at times because what did I used to always say about his marking on corners? I'd say he's just away with the fairies at times. Sometimes mm. he just wouldn't think and his man would get away from him. I think at one stage, I think maybe two seasons ago, he was at fault for a good five goals that season by losing his marker. But now, he's his concentration levels have been upped massively. So I'd love to know if there's something he did or if he noticed or if it was mm. pointed out to him where he said, listen, you're losing your man, your concentration levels aren't great. Is there, some, is there something that he did? I love to know. I love the psychology behind it all. Well, people were asking me for my man the match and I think most people's man the match was Liam Scales and I can't argue with that. He was unbelievable in that game. But I just thought Pigo had two crucial diving headers at two ends of the game. Absolutely amazing stuff. I thought, no, the whole Mac and F saga, I thought he was really, really good throughout. I even used the word superb. I thought he just kept us going. He kept us motoring throughout. Whenever he had the ball, we kept it. And he was keeping the tempo up and he never, ever stopped or faded. His uh, mm. his work rate is astonishing. He, he must be one of, up there with some mm. of the best. I, I just thought he, he kept going. He didn't give the ball away and he kept us ticking over. And especially towards the end of the second half, uh, he just kept us ticking over. I just really thought he had a, yeah. a good, one of his better games for me anyway. I thought he was excellent in the second half. I thought... Uh, maybe below par in the first we half we were overrun in the first yeah. half really weren't we but uh, no he was he was definitely one of our best performers by the end of 90 minutes he was certainly up there with Scales and Pico and, and Jack yeah so um, yeah all, speaking all of good. Uh, speaking of the Pines Gar, uh, I must say my favourite person to do post match analysis with it's not even you Gar. <laughs> it's not a player it's not anyone you might think it is it's Mrs. Wilson. Ah, brilliant. We've had this conversation before. I actually look forward to this now on a weekly basis, Gar. 
She's sharp as a tack. Oh, Spot yes. Spot on about everything. And what about the 4 4 2? Is she happy enough with a formation? Well, no complaints this week because she's uh, massively impressed by, by Robbie Gaffney. Or, sorry, Robbie Gaffney. Uh, Rory Gaffney. What as everyone was. That's all everyone was talking about after that game. He bounded like, around the pitch, didn't he? They could not do, and he's a big fella as well. We'll uh, excuse your ginger bias. <laughs> I just put the question out there. <laughs> I didn't say I had a problem with it. Ginger people do have souls, all right? Uh, yeah, so like it's it, it's it's all looking good. Hopefully the game goes ahead and slowly go. I swear to God, Prof, I'd be so heartbroken. I've been looking forward to this for so long. First away day of the season, everything is all sorted. We've everything everything is on point. Bus is full, everybody's gone. I'm just hoping it goes ahead. Imagine the coronavirus uh, ruined it we all. We have our yeah. suits, it's alright. We have our suits and yeah. our masks. We're all well stocked. You got your mask from Jobstown Pharmacy, did you? Jobstown Pharmacy, I'm yeah. sure they work. So, uh, yeah, the atmosphere towards like the whole second half. <sighs> Mental. The noise, first of all, with the equaliser 2 all, and then second of all, 3 2. That noise was deafening. I think the prof's perch is no more. It's been infiltrated. It has been infiltrated. It's been infiltrated. But the thing is, there's a lot of people we know. But we'll Jesus. get it back at Finn Harps. Yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah, we'll have the run of the place at Finn Harps. Yeah. But uh, a few people have mentioned the SRFC chant. It's one of our best chants in a long time. The way it just keeps going and going and building. It's deadly, isn't it? Oh, it's great. Wait, how good is that yeah. going to sound on Saturday? In the small little shed that is the showgrounds yeah. away section. Can't wait for it. What a night. What a night. And what just, a club. What a club, yeah. We'll add that one in as well. But the standout performance, um, well, we'll talk about Jack Forrest actually coming over to the south stand, giving it that big one, the large one, like everybody was, and they're all mm. just buying into it. I mean, how could you not look into that stand after beating Dundalk 3-2, your title rivals for the last five years, who there is some serious metal there as well. There's not exactly friends like off the pitch as well. There's, there's a bit of beef and you beat them. 3-2 at home 8,000 in the Tala Stadium you go up to the south stand and everybody is going bananas how could you not give it the large one look at Jack's face as he comes over there and tell me he does not love it what a buzz what he a buzz. loves it absolutely buzzing I'd say so giving it a large one but uh, 7,500 prof um, what a what, like it's it's a new attendance record for a league I said game. to I said to the elder statesman in our whatsapp group who I don't think they appreciate it being called that but the likes of Ray Wheel and Maloney and well, not only to that to a certain extent, um, did they ever think that we would be at this level or at this like this type of progress would happen within the club? Considering they were the ones who stuck around, and all and anyone else who who stuck around and was there to, from Milltown and stayed through the homeless years, and did they ever ever think that they could see us with a stand that big, south stand full, main stand full, east stand full? Ultras having a big display, everything that we have in place now, did they ever think it would happen? And I guarantee they didn't. There's no way they could have thought it happened. So it's Especially a cr- in the dark days, Soda Sandry and all that. Credit to everybody. It would have seemed like a pipe dream. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. So they're the ones so, that you have to think back on and just think the people who kind of stuck it out through the tough times and this is what this is what it was all worth, this was all for, it was worth it. So 7,500 out of 8, you'd assume the empty seats were just pockets of season ticket holders you have to, who didn't go. You have go. to take into account meshing as well. Meshing takes out a couple of hundred seats. Mm. So at the front of the south stand as well, mm. they would have been sold. I I only got in a kick-off, so 
I made it about halfway up the steps and then literally not one more body could have fit in. No, I you could There was no gap. And people, some people came up after me and were like, were like, get out of here, it's not real. Yeah, you couldn't do it, not a chance. Yeah. Uh, one of our lads, I, I won't name names, <laughs> I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but uh, he's great at pulling me out of crap spots and crowds and finding a space for me. <laughs> and he goes, you know, just fair warning, if we score... I will light a flare. <laughs> and five minutes later, true to his word, he lit a flare in my face. We know this from yeah. a certain French sounding young man. <laughs> um Yeah, so uh fantastic stuff again. Like it's just a it was a great it was a great night all around. Standout performances prof. Um obviously Pigo, our back our back line were grey. Uh Finnard did as usual, Greener worked his socks off. like it was just like Jack got the winner. It was just a it was a mm-hmm. gritty well well worked performance I mean to come from behind missing three of our best players plus Joey coming off early so that's four of our best players mentally as well that would have been a big thing that showed great character mentally it would have been a big thing losing Joey as well because his organisation was missing when he went off like you could see it was a bit sloppy at the back in the, in the, for, at the end towards the end of the first half so we, was, we got our act together I, I've been describing it as one of the great nights of Tala I can't think of a of a of a better one. Like, obviously, there is better as like, regards to occasions and and winning things in Tallah Stadium. But as as far as match quality and just breaking hoodoos, that was untouchable. Aside from how great a game it was, just we had last year against Bran, that was <laughs> that was up there. That was a famous one. But like, how far do you have to go back to think of a league win at Tallah? That now has like a, an aura and a legend attached to it. Like, yeah. like the Twiggy double against Balls. Yeah, that's the last one, isn't it? Isn't that the last game we can think of? Fair. I don't think I can think of any other Tala game that's been as iconic as that 2-1 win. Maybe when we beat Derry on the way to the title. Yeah, the 1-0 win. Great slob. show. Great, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Like, yeah, but, something like that. Tournament points. Mm. Um, yeah, so... The Jack Byrne RTE interview, Gar. Yeah, it was quite emotional, wasn't it? First thing he mentioned was Gary Neal's mother. Yeah, very, very, was, very good pals. I think a couple classy. of the players went down to Kerry as well to to mm. show their solidarity with him. Just shows the team spirit there. Yeah, and a lovely shot at the at the critics who say he doesn't play well against Shields. Ah, love it! I love the way Jack speaks in interviews. He's great. Yeah, doesn't doesn't bite his tongue. So very classy by by Jack. Unlike a certain Vinnie Perth who was seething. I didn't even see this. I still haven't seething. seen this. Tell me what he said. What did he say? No, I actually I haven't, still haven't seen it. No, I haven't seen either. I'm just talking about his general behaviour <sighs> at the ground. What it was just a, like he, given out to Robert Stewart over the apparent lack of security, and then Garda had to come in and classless, isn't he? Calm him down. That carried on the tunnel. Then he was having to go at anything that moved. Yeah, just roaring everything. I heard he was told back to go. Mm. I heard he was told to go back to Kusanta. <laughs> the old Snooker Hall. I even heard him say that um, he's not being a sore loser, but it did kind of seem like he was being a sore loser because the absolute head on him when that, things don't go his way. Ah, those eyes. Where are those eyes? <laughs> the eyes in that book. I've turned them over. It's yeah. too frightened. Can't do the show with those eyes. It was just a great night overall, like we said, but the seven yellows to our five, so 12 yellow cards, prof. Not one red. I was determined that was going to be a red, but Horror should have been sent off. I don't know how he didn't cop that. He did cop. He saw. He knew it was a foul. So what did what was the what was the foul for? Now I know the ball wasn't in play, so therefore it's you, you issue the card and then you continue on from where the ball is. But what was the card for? I want to ask the ref. What did you book him for? 
Cause I know, that's the annoying part. If it's a fl- even if it was a flailing arm, you lift your arm, you put someone's face, that's a red card. It was vicious intent there, so I don't know. I will. And Hennessy's, like I was saying off air, Hennessy has been good for us. We won all three derbies with him as ref, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. It was, it was really, really poor. It's like he went out of his way to make the show about him. He knew the cameras were on him. And um, it was it was a really poor performance overall for both sides. And uh, You'd worry when you, you consider him one of our best refs. Yeah, he was. And he had been good before that, in fairness, let's be honest. But uh, hopefully anyone who watched that as a neutral, I mean, like we said... What a game! There's a lot of neutrals there, a lot of school kids, a lot of a lot of people. It's going to lead into what you're going to say about Dutch Jerry now, mm-hmm. our Holland hoop on the forum. But just the way it swung back and forth, just had everything. Had a, had a pitch invader, yeah. So we can, we can get that fella in our new book of pitch invaders that me and Decker are <laughs> yeah. working on. Hopefully, Sparsfoil captured another iconic image there. Hopefully, they catch them throwing the loaf as well. <laughs> Mid loaf, he threw the head of the of the Stuart. I just I opened up Twitter on the night and just saw so many journalists saying the same thing that it was the best league Ireland game in years. Yeah. Saw fans of other clubs who hate us and have never rated Brazzer saying the same thing. Best game in years. Great football. Two good teams. Yep. Some gave out about the Dublin media, but that's you know, you know who that is. That's <laughs> part of the course. The media. They even showed the goals in Sky Sports, and they called it. Well, they were they were showing it because of the Flores goal, obviously. But yeah, they, listen, I don't think they, he meant it. I think he shanked it. <laughs> I think he shanked it off his head, off his off his shin. He meant to stick it back out to the to the side. They called it the Wonder Volley in Ireland's biggest game. The Wonder Volley. Eh? I'm actually delighted this has finally happened here, because you've heard the phrase, "a great advert for the league." You've yep. heard that phrase before. Certainly have. But it feels like. Finally, actually happened. A big game, a big crowd, and the cameras caught it. But then we have to go to Oriel and stand in a fucking shithole with three thousand people. <laughs> so it's we're the big draw at the minute. That's that's the way it is, isn't it? But I remember a cracker in the in the FAI Cup semi final replay in two thousand seventeen. Atala, they beat us five two. That was a great game. Five no, two, yeah. No RTE there. Whereas RT have been there for every ugly derby we've had in the last few years. Everything. Which may be intense for both set of fans, but as a neutral, is it really selling the product? Every game on telly, man. We were just coarse, weren't we? Not just, not just that we were losing, though. It's just that they weren't good games. Yeah, no, it was awful. And every time you'd go into work or you'd talk to these neutrals, they'd say that was brutal, that was yeah. this, that was that. But this had great football on display, great goals. Finally something to make people want to come back and watch again even the Liverpool fan at work no interest in the league said he switched over from Leicester on Sky Sports and started watching our game I yeah. say a lot of people do that hopefully more fans on the way as well to start going to the, to the grounds you know getting up off their couch so Holland Hoop on the forum is Dutch this, Jerry is this just Jerry yeah this is just oh, Jerry yeah. yeah so he says first time going to the match on a coach that was arranged by the Rovers partner club that my son plays for Although essentially from an area more on the north side of town, there's 35 people on the bus, of which 25 are kids. Season tickets available for everyone on the bus, although we use their own. After the match, kids are ecstatic getting back in the bus. Some of them have no voice left, including Junior. Might have to work a bit on the players' names, as they all all they go on about seems to be is one Jack Byrne. Anyway, just want to say, this plan with season tickets for partner clubs is one of the initiatives that the club should be applauded for. These kids can't wait to go back 
And before we get back off the bus, arrangements are being discussed for the next home match. Oh yes, Finn Harps at home, baby. Roll yeah. on. He says, reluctantly, by a couple of the parents who seem to be massive fans of other League of Ireland teams. Oh, another thing you love to see. You Mark it down. love to see it. Strike it down, baby. And he says, hearts and minds, eh? Yes. So, uh, yeah, big shout out to Dutch Jerry for that one. So Yeah, so we've laid down a marker, Prof. Um, a real statement of intent. Yeah, it is. It really is. And it's something I hope we can improve on. Big game on Saturday, though. We've drawn we- first blood. Any more cliches you can think of? I'll put you on the spot there, haven't I? God, I should be able to pop up. I'll come up with a match. It'll be about 12 o'clock at night and I'll be like, yeah! Text or listen to it. Voice note and you're like mad. Um, yeah, it's only four games in, as we know, but... Not getting anywhere overexcited no. about this, but you have to get excited about four wins out of four. One against the two teams that are, were a massive, massive downfall last year and we've already beat them. We already have more points this season after four games against Bows and Dundalk. We have six points than we did in the entirety of last season. <laughs> we got four points against Bows and Dundalk last season. Jesus Christ, what a stat. But it's all about this game. It's all about the next one now. It's the next step. And Sligo is a notoriously tough place for us to go. We have a terrible record. Terrible record up here. Small, tight pitch, windy. They always raise their game. The whole bottle of the Rovers thing. They think it's some sort of rivalry. Um, it's something <clears> that we need to just go, be professional, go up there and get three points. Massive, massive travelling crowd. I'm talking biggest in years. I don't think they're actually prepared for they're how not. many of us are going to travel. They're not. Shit is going to go sour quick. So, um, I do have some terrible news, Gar. Uh Johnny Ward is starting to make suggestions that we'll win the title. Just mute him. Block him. Twitter. Just do everything you can. We need to get as many points in the bar as we can before he tips us and jinxes us and the yeah, whole thing goes wrong. I know. Yeah, just keep your opinions to yourself, Johnny. Especially if they're positive about Rovers. Um, yeah, so the B team. I'm going to move on now after that. Uh, the B team drew one all with Galway United and Talent Saturday. Brandon Kavanagh gave the hoops the lead on the 69 minutes with a great free kick. Connor Barry scored an 86 minute equaliser for Galway. So, uh, hypothermia. The guts of 15 mm. people, apparently. That's Fif- nuts, yeah. Colin Mulhoman apparently is still in the hospital, so hopefully uh, he gets better. But. I hope they all recover. Possibly an underside by the ref. Only, only positive you could say is that it happened at a top of the range stadium like Tala with top facilities. And we were able to cope with it. Mm. Mm. Imagine that happened in one of those first division grounds. Something worse could have happened which might have demeaned the league. Yeah. It really could have uh, undermined the league. Yeah. Mm. But our under-15s, National League side, they travelled to London to play West Ham at the weekend. The squads were guests in the first-team game the next morning. They beat West Ham's 15-2-1 in Chadwell Heath. So, uh, some good good exercise for the boys going over and beating West Ham. I'm just, I'm just reading this script here that you're about to call out. And it's like four paragraphs of us, of our underage teams, beating English top-flight clubs. Yeah. Beating their academies, <laughs> their, their top flight academy clubs. Like. Just read this in one go. This is like yeah. remarkable. So our under-13s, the team travelled to Birmingham to take on Aston Villa and well done to them on a 4-0 victory. Uh, well done to our 2011 boys who travelled to Glen Torren on Sunday morning to take part in the Academy Cup. The boys played some great football all day. 16 teams took part in total. The boys finished the day lifting the cup. So well done to all the players and coaches involved. So a bit of silverware to 2011 boys. Yes, Keith Fahey and Pat Flynn coaching that under 13 side. Ah, good stuff. The ones that won in, at the Villa. And that was Nathan O'Neill from under 11s who... Remember that great touch the from the touch. ball? The touch. Ah, outrageous. 
That was sick. Absolutely outrageous. We've Scottish club. Partick Thistle have joined the amputee league this season. It's a random one. Match day three took place at the Roadstone last weekend. Rovers beat the Scots 5-1. They were beaten 2-0 by Bowles, who've gone top of the table with six games played. So that is the amputee league. Uh, over 100 kids attended the 2020 Junior Hoop launch, which we spoke about earlier on with the Three Stooges. And I was on talent on Saturday morning with Stephen Bradley and uh, Aaron McAniff and Aaron Green in attendance. Fantastic morning was had by all. It was great crack. Really was the lads are great. They're 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 just having the crack with with the kids and winding them up. And Brad's are speaking. Uh, Jose's there, speak or uh, teach them Spanish. Just all cool little insights, you know, into the team and what goes on. And had to have all the kids hooked, you know, get them jellies, get them uh, mm-hmm. the whole lot. And we have a little present for you today, Prof. Really? Oh, I haven't got it with me, and I'll bring it. I'll bring it to you uh, tomorrow. But the, stickers? the junior hoops have given us a sticker book each. And you're only allowed one sticker a week. Is this the 2020 sticker This book? is the new oh, one. Because I got last year's one. Yep. I have this year's one, brand new, and you get one sticker a week. You're only, you've, you've an allowance. And so you're going you're gonna to have to go and have, have, have. Need, any, any swapsies? Need, need, any swapsies, yeah. Any shinies. No shiny crest, actually. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. The junior hoops. where We have the three stooges coming up. And the boys. I just thought, it was a bit of an opportunity thing. I just see the three boys there, and I said, I'll get them in, because it's a great day, and I'll give them a bit of a plug. And uh, they do so much. And as well, the guys, they got a little gift off of one of the guys who makes point glasses. So that's something that we want to venture into as well. Had a Rover's crest on it, a little silver rim around it. It was top class. You wouldn't even want to drink out of it. It was absolutely deadly. So uh, we're going to look into that and get some merch for our patrons as well. So, uh, yeah, next up we have the three boys. We've Paul, Bill and Glenn from the Junior Hoops. Okay, so we're here and it's the aftermath of the game, the 3-2 win, and we're at the Junior Hoops launch. So we have the three boys here, the three stooges, and the the, the feud is on hold for the time being. So this is for anybody who hasn't a clue about the Junior Hoops, which I doubt, but we want everybody to know about them because they have to put on a fantastic day today. So tell us about the origins. I'm going to start with Bill. Apparently these two like to talk, so Glenn says. So we're going to start with Bill, we're going to Paul and then Glenn. So tell us, where did the idea start for the Junior Hoops? Well, uh, the Junior Hoops has been running kind of years and years. Uh, it had kind of fallen away for a while. Just my kids were in it when we lived in the UK, which was probably 10 years ago now. Um, yeah, 09, 10. It was oh, no, so Michael yeah. O'Neill came up the idea? Guy Greener, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, so I was running then, and my kids were involved uh, from from abroad, and uh, I'm back. I don't know five or six years, and it was just around the time of uh, like the, the momentum building around Roadstone. You know, the kind of you know what what can we do? Uh, ideas started kind of going through through the head, and it was yeah, you know, we start committing a bit of time to getting this thing back up and running because we saw how much the kids loved it. And for me, you know, I'm, I've been coming to matches, I've gone to matches years here uh, in the UK and beyond. And since I've had kids, it's it's really just about engaging them at games and having them kind of want to go. And that was really kind of why we started it. Um, I kind of said it to Brendan, I think, originally, and then Mark. And Mark put me in touch with the two lads, and ever since then, like it's just been ideas after ideas. We get a great kick out of running it as well. Like oh, we've all got kids in it, obviously, and and you, you just like they, they bounce off you. You get ideas off them. We we try and get it into play, and then we had today running the the morning where we kind of kick off the launch, and we, we built goodie bags with sticker books and things like that. And all the all these ideas came from the kids, and um, and they, they just. They love it, you know. Get a get a good buzz off it. And the likes, the likes of today, especially as well. Jaden, like Jaden, 
obviously we're at the Junior Hoops launch now and Jaden was talking to me all last night about the game and the Junior Hoops and just everything in general so when when it comes down to the running of it it does take up quite a lot of time Paul takes up a huge amount of time a lot of preparation but what we're doing at the moment we've been building for the last four seasons so I think we initially started off with about 50, 60 members. We're up to about 120 plus, I think, at this stage. Bill's yeah, counted yeah. the numbers as of today. The slush fund is getting even bigger. <laughs> the slush fund's getting any better. Well, well, well we, we got a lot back from the bets that we that we had in the match against the T at the Tifty. So uh, we won a few ball back on that. But, John uh, Cody's barred from Johnny Rose. Yeah. But no, you can see where today, like today is our first day that we've ever had to run the groups in three different groups. Normally we have enough of kids in one one run. Uh, but we're very lucky with Stephen Bradley. Stephen's fantastic in terms of the kids and yeah. terms of what he brings to the community for kids. Uh, he gives them loads of time, lets them ask their questions. And that, that's basically part of what we're trying to develop is that, that interaction between players, management, kids, fans, family, really. That's what it's all about. And they're so accessible. I mean, we're just in there chatting away to Mac and F and Aaron Green and they're talking about little bits and pieces of the game last night. I mean, we're, we're going to talk to the, the child of the tree now, the big child of the tree is Glenn. And, uh, <laughs> <Some fire. laughs> so fellow posty, Glenn. Um, we're going back to the origins of the junior hoops as well. Can you remember when you first met the lads and you were put in touch with them and you thought, right, we're onto something here? Yeah, well, I first met Bill when he came up to pick up a packet in the post office. <laughs> but uh, yeah, all centers around the post, yeah. isn't it? All the cash was missing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, it's about four years now, and uh, Mark Lynch put a call out, and I said, "Yeah, stick my name in," because my little one Hannah comes to all the games, and I thought, "Well, it's a way of keeping her occupied." Nathan has started coming now, and again, the fourth season when you bring a, a child to a game. They're not interested in the football. They're interested in the sweets and the lollipops and stuff like that. Now we've got the stickers and the sticker books and stuff, and it just keeps them... It it engages them until they really take an interest in the football. And the fact that the players get to know the kids, not the kids get to know the players, that's a real hook, especially in, in the League of Ireland and this club. I mean, Pico now knows Nathan. I mean, you see Aaron Green, you see Aaron McAniff, you see Bradzer. They know the kids. Yeah, they already might know names, they know faces, they'll give them the time, which is brilliant. And that, that's why I got involved in it. So, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, how can they join the Junior Hoops and Sounds tell like us? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll leave the treasurer, treasurer in bunny years anyway, but we'll, how, how can you join the Junior Hoops and tell us, tell us what's, the, what's the best way to go about getting involved? Okay, well, uh, probably the easiest way is to come and see us on match days. We have a little hut uh, down behind the main stand at the uh, the N81 end of the ground. Uh, that's where we run the, the, the famous Guard of Honour from uh, at, uh, on match days. We, we've always activities there beforehand. You can sign up there. You can also sign up online. If you go to Junior Hoops on the club website, there's a form on there to fill out. But uh, come, come down, say hello, uh, join up. It's only a tenner. Like, the stuff you get in the, the goodie bag probably is, is, is worth that anyway. And the sticker book alone is worth it. It's cool. I'm going to get my own yeah, one yeah, as well. No, I'm a big cool. kid. I'm loving it. Tenner, Gary. Tenner. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, um, we'll be doing stuff during the year. Uh, we ran a bus, uh, our first bus last year. Um, Galway. Galway. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. a cup, fantastic stuff. So, yeah, we're looking at Waterford away. I think it's in June this year. Um, uh, for one. You know, once the weather gets a bit better, mm. you know. It, again, you know, just with, with the kids, you know, the, the, the summer evenings are brilliant for them as well. Um, so we'll do that. We've the train with the players thing that's in July, and that's... That's a riot. That is just brilliant. We're up in Roadstone. We had a, it was about eighty versus the, the squad in, in a match last year. There was killings. I am we won. No, it was very very keenly contested. It's great fun, uh, and you know, the, it, as Glenn was saying, like the, 
you know, the bond between the players and the kids and the kids and players, it's just, it's, it's great fun. And, you know, it's, it's exceptional stuff. So do get involved. If you've got kids, if, you know, it, it's a great way to engage them at the matches. Uh, if nothing else, if they, they get to hold the flags, you know, uh, on the pitch before the teams come out they get a great buzz out of that we all do alright so prop, we've, uh, we're back with stats I haven't seen this in a while you've just thrown in the odd dart here and there mm-hmm. there's a mathematician a different kind of mathematician and a statistician stats out <laughs> a lot came out of this one actually first time we conceded two goals and won the game since Bluebell in the FBI Cup quarterfinals oh 4-2 2017 4-2 yeah. 4-2 yeah that's the first time it's happened. A few dodgy red cards in that one. First time it's happened in the league since Finn Harps earlier that season. That was 3-2. Simon Madden late winner. Oh, I remember that one. The, the, I don't think he meant that goal. It was a lob or cross. But he claims he meant. First time we came from 2-1 down in a game to win since a 5-3 win over Drogheda on the last day of the 2015 season. Oh, Jesus. Danny North scored a hat-trick. Danny North? Yep. And these are a couple of Dundalk-related stats. First time since March 2017, any team came from behind to beat them in a league game. That was Derry and Munkrana. That's a cracker one. First time since October 2017, any team scored three goals against Dundalk in one league game. And that was Galway in a dead rubber. Ooh. Uh... A couple of people asked me last time we beat Dundalk in Tada. I think I did say it on last week's podcast. It was May 2017. We hadn't beaten them at home since then. And that was only our second win over Dundalk in Tada <laughs> since the start of the 2014 season. 16 games in all 16 competitions. 16 games. That is so, that's unbelievable. Yeah. 16 games. So that's the stats. Any no, more, no, Prof? No, a few more. He's got some yeah. more. Flores goal. That was the first league goal we conceded since September. Also against Dundalk. So we had seven clean sheets in between those two Dundalk games. Run a run of seven consecutive league wins, so one more would equal our run from last year. Remember we did eight? Yep. Our eighth was in Derry, and then it was the defeat at home to Bowes, the two red cards. That's what ended that run. So, one more, and it's our joint best since 1987. Ooh. Since Milltown, where mm-hmm. I have it right here, Pat Bourne signed jersey. The last mm-hmm. one, we were talking about signed jerseys the other day on the WhatsApp group. We have Pat Bourne's last ever jersey he wore ever at Milltown now try and beat that there you go uh, we've won our first four league games in a season for the first time since 1986 86 that would yep. have been under Keeley am I right last season at Milltown yeah and he won the double didn't he yeah and one more if we win our first five games it will be our best start to a season since 1965 <laughs> when we won 11 on the bounce that season unbelievable I can't see us win 11 but we'll we'll take 5 for now and the showgrounds we mentioned it being a bad record having a bad record there still the only top flight grounds that we've never won at under Bradzer and I still haven't seen us win here I'm sick of this stat it's got to end one of my favourite goals is over here that Twiggy mental goal that he headed off the bar and volleyed in without letting it drop and a 2-0 win where they were, they were crowned champions that night. Yeah, yeah so uh, yeah, so that is it for the stats. And we're going to go for our starting 11s and predictions. I've just been jotting down my starting 11s and predictions here. And it's actually tough. I'm going to let you go first. 
Hmm. Well, we're assuming Gary O'Neill is going to slot back in. Yeah. So I'm basically just going to say my change is so. Scales instead of Joey, who's injured. I'm going to put Gary O'Neill back in for. Bolger. Ooh. And assuming Burke is still out, keeping Watson there. I want to actually put Green on the wing and Gaffney up front. Oh, so who oh, am I? Who am I taking out then? You're gonna take Faruja or Lafferty. I'm taking out Faruja then. I'm gonna take out Faruja. Yeah, mine's a little bit different. Mine's a little bit different. I'm gonna go. I'm actually struggling up top at the minute. Right, I'm gonna go Manus, Scales, Pico, Grace, Gary O'Neill in the middle with Aaron Mack and Finner. Ooh. I'm gonna put Marshall on the right. I think we could do I think I think this could be his type of game. I'm gonna put Marshall on the right, I'm gonna have Farouge on the left, I'm gonna go for it. We're gonna go for it. Attacking players. Jack obviously in the number ten. Up front it's Gaffo or it's Greener. It is I'm struggling here. Like you're right, I can see Marshall run the muck away from home against these yeah. bottom half teams. You know, that's that's what I'm going for. I'm yeah. gonna really go for it. Farouge and Marshall on this one. I'm gonna go I'm going to start Greener again. I'm going to start Greener again and hopefully Gaff will have a, an effect off the bench if we need him. I'm going to stay loyal to Greener for this one. As good as Gaffo's uh, appearance was, I'm going to stay loyal to Greener. So I'm going to go Manus, Scales, Pico, Green, or Grace, uh, Aaron, Mack, Finn and Gary O'Neill in the middle of the park. I'm going to on the right, Fruge on the left, Jack in the hole and Greener up top with Gaffo coming on for another good appearance, hopefully, if we need him. So for uh, predictions... You go first. Mm. Now you haven't seen us win out here yet, so. And bear in mind, I think it's Gar Brennan's first game of the season as well, and he hasn't been yet, so he could be a good luck charm, get, or he could be. It's definitely getting called a, off. A dead so blow, yeah. No one is look. Uh, I'm gonna say a two-one win. Two-one win. I'm gonna join you on that, and I'm gonna say we're gonna come from behind again, and I'm gonna say Greener and Gaffo, Gaffo to come off the bench. Yeah, hopefully it goes ahead. And if it does, Garrett, the question is, will the Kinder Bueno King strike again? I met him before the game, and he has taken to that nickname like a duck to water. <laughs> He's absolutely loving it. Lock up your food stalls, Sligo volunteers, for he returns <laughs> with deep pockets and no sense of shame. There's a picture of him with the crown and the and the long, the long. Uh, what's the thing called that you're putting your neck in your king? I'm drawing a blank. It's now. not. It's not a cape. Fucking Superman wears a cape. Either way. He's going to rock around Sligo on that. So garages, lock up your Kinder Buenos and your wine gums because he's coming. And whatever happens with the coronavirus, either way, we're not taking any chances. Northsiders will be isolated on the bus. Yeah, we have incubation uh, tanks and we're just going to lock them in there. It's probably They're probably used to things like that anyway. Bloody fucking Northsiders. But um, yeah, so that is it for this week. Our game's on Air Sport and it's on Saturday night. It's on at 8 o'clock kickoff. Got pushed again, which actually suits us because we're stopping off. And uh, I'm trying to run this bus to a tee. It's tough at times to get the bus to get where it's going and get 50 lads back on it out of the pub. But uh, balls are home to Shelbourne on Air Sport as well on Friday and another Dublin derby after Shells beat Pats at Tolka last week. So um, yeah, really looking forward to this prof buzzing. The club, the buzz around the club at the minute is absolutely unbelievable, and uh, it's just something I cannot cannot wait for. So we are meeting at the Avo at half twelve. If you're interested, the bus leaves at three. 
Meet there at half twelve. It's a recipe for disaster. You're giving the whack a run for his money there. Yeah, yeah I know. Already made up time. It's a recipe for disaster. But we're gonna do it anyway. We'll see how we get on. So uh, big shout out to Ocean Electrical and the Abo for being our loyal, loyal sponsors. Official podcast pub. So half twelve at the Abo. Bit of grub, few tunes, few points onto the bus, into Caracas Shannon, into Sligo, three points, and then back to the Abo again. So that's it for this week, guys. Thanks very much for listening and uh, keep on hooping. Turn off your computer and make sure it powers down Drop it in a 43 foot hole in the ground Bury it completely, rocks and boulders should be fine Then burn all the clothes you may have worn anytime you were alive Virus alert, you need immediately